This episode is sponsored by World History Encyclopedia, one of the top history websites on the internet. I love the fact they're not a wiki. Every article they publish is reviewed by the editorial team, not only for being accurate, but also for being interesting to read. The website is run as a non-profit organization, so you won't be bombarded by annoying ads and is completely free. It's a great site, and don't just take my word for it, they've been recommended by many academic institutions, including Oxford University. Go check them out at worldhistory.org, or follow the link in the episode description. Scientists have established that as we die, our senses slowly stop functioning. The last sense to die is touch. Perhaps this attachment to physicality explains our preoccupation with the 3D world. Any police wanted list or dating site profile tends to begin with physical traits such as our height, weight, observable age, hair and eye colour. But what if our physical form was a dispensable vessel, distinct from our intellectual and spiritual selves. The idea of reincarnation is nothing new. It's been a key tenet of religions, including Buddhism and Hinduism, for centuries. But in recent decades, growing numbers of people have come forward with stories of young children having seemingly inexplicable recollections of apparent past lives. In this episode, I speak to an English woman who, wracked by a sense of emptiness and chronic illness, moved to Australia, where she had a spiritual awakening that not only solved her physical ailments, but left her convinced that her present existence was just one chapter in a multi-dimensional, time-transcendent journey of consciousness. Ellie Garner quantum healer based in Australia, uses hypnotherapy and related techniques to help individuals resolve trauma, be it from their present life or, as she and they believe, from other lives, past, present and future. So El, you are a little bit younger than me, but we both grew up in the southeast of England, which is a pretty secular, pretty cynical society. So I'm curious as to the path you went down that took you from that kind of background into the belief system that you have now and the techniques that you use to help other people with past life regression and other types of therapy. My whole life, I've been the weirdo, been the odd one out, especially with sort of normal society. And I've always been fascinated by the supernatural or anything that's sort of ancient history as well. I've always wanted to know like where we've come from and where we're going. And then I'm always asking why, what was before that? About 10 years ago now, I was working in London. I was a real serious and high up recruiter but I was bored of everything I was just so over London and the shallowness so I decided to move to Australia but I knew nothing about it as soon as I landed everything started to activate 
or come online within me. I went into recruitment straight away so that I could get my visa sorted and become a permanent resident. But it was funny because as soon as I became a permanent resident, when I was younger in the UK, I had a gut disease and no doctors were ever able to get to the root cause of the issue. So I'd be in and out of hospital, I'd be in and out of doctor surgeries, like just not getting no results. And I was always on medication just to help alleviate the pain. Over the years, it led to bouts of anorexia because I was too scared to eat food because of the pain that it would cause. And When I came to Australia, that started to flare up again. And it was around the time that I got my permanent residency. So I'd been here for a couple of years. My gut disease started to flare up again. And it got to the point where it was really, really severe that I started to get quite depressed. At the same time, I developed hives. And every night, my hands and my feet would start to itch like crazy. And then everything in my normal job started to fall apart. Everything was going wrong you know I I was a real high-end recruiter and then it was just like I was dealt the tower card from the tarot and that's when I started to look at alternative healing and that's when I came across quantum healing hypnosis therapy and past life regression and so I found this lady called Sally who's now a good friend and a mentor of mine still I booked in a session with her I had no idea what to expect when you go into one of those sessions you prepare yourself with questions that you want answered and so of course it was about the gut where is it coming from well why is it here what can I do to get rid of it but also my other questions were why do I feel so at home when I look at the stars I don't belong here deep down I can't talk to anyone about like really deep things to me so those were the questions that I asked I said why am I so fascinated about humanity's origins there's more to life than getting a mortgage paying the bills surely there's more to us than that and when I got to the session she said they're not normal questions these are more questions that tell me that you could be a star seed and I had no idea what a star seed was as well she sat me down and she said that the gut disease is you holding on to a lot of anger and trauma and abandonment and lots of pain and sorrow from earlier in your childhood. And it's true, I went through a lot of things that I had to deal with at a young age, but it all festered in my gut. And that's what eventually led to this physical disease. I just knew what she was saying was really resonating with me. And in that moment, I was just, I was ready to let it go. I didn't want to hold on to any of this anger, this burden anymore. We then moved into the session, the next part of the session, where you get into a hypnosis and then are led into some past lives. Well, I was really fascinated by this. I'm not someone who didn't necessarily know about reincarnation. It's not something I'd ever really looked into. Through the hypnosis, I was able to just see into one or two different lifetimes. These lifetimes had reoccurring themes that were happening in my present life. So that's why I was shown a couple of these other lifetimes and how they were affecting me. And again, it's the same thing, the family trauma that's what's causing the gut disease. And then towards the end, my highest self came through and she did a lot of healing on me. She informed me that 
In human terms, I'm a star seed. My soul doesn't originate from Earth. I'm from way, way, way out there in the cosmos. My soul is more older than the Milky Way. And yeah, it was like, what? But at the same time, I was like, I knew it. I knew I was different. And so I had some work done on my energy body or light body, as some people call it. And after that session, I felt immediately lighter. I didn't want to hold responsibility for everyone else or rather take on everyone else's responsibilities. I was ready to just let go of holding on to the past because I realized that, okay, in this moment, I have to take accountability for my reality. No one else is to blame and I don't want to continue on being in victim consciousness. I decided that enough is enough. I'm going to use my past to empower myself and help to empower others. That's when all of my psychic abilities started to come online. And I've never had this same gut disease or any issues with my gut since. Like even to this day, I don't understand the full power behind the energy. But Mm -hmm. through my attention, through the energy of my mentor at the time, Sally, with my own spiritual team and my my highest self, I was able to understand the lesson, what I had learned from having this gut disease, and I was able to empower myself from it. And so from then, it just opened up all of these doors. After that session, that's when everything started to crumble in my 3D world. My relationship fell apart. Where I was living, the owner, the landlord had decided to move. So I was like, oh gosh, like everything all happening at once. But it was because what had once worked for me or what had got me to that point in time was no longer needed. So everything that didn't serve my highest good was crumbling away to allow for everything that was aligned to start coming into my life. Mm -hmm. That's when I then went on into learning quantum healing hypnosis myself, created my own technique, the I heal technique, which is again, taking people into that hypnosis, but it's also working with portals, different energies and activating people's spiritual psychic gifts as well. I had to have that disease and I had to have that session. It all led me to where I am now. And that's why I have so much gratitude for it and what it has done for me. I've never been hypnotized. So I've got no idea what that experience is like. So when you said that you were hypnotized and then you saw your past lives, how does it manifest for you? So with hypnosis, a lot of people think that it's very clinical and say a few words, bam, that's it. You're out of your body and you're just crazy. It's not like that. It's taking you into the theta state of consciousness. So really, really uh, like a dream, but you're able to still articulate what it is that you're experiencing. I essentially carry you into that theta state, into that dreamlike state, and you're recalling memories. But so many people, myself included at the time, you feel like you're making it all up. But what I say is just go along with it because the more that you questioning, oh, I'm making it up, the more that you're going to block yourself from experiencing what it is that you're meant to experience. But it really is just taking yourself into that dreamlike state. Now, the dreams is something else that I'd like to just touch on quickly because that 
was yeah. a gift that was activated in becoming a quantum healer. And I find that the more people that I work on with clients, the more that I am also activating my own gifts and developing them and strengthening them, them as well. So it's like this beautiful exchange of energy. So when a client comes to you, it's not just them getting the experience, it's you as well. But the dreams was something that was activated. And now, ever since I've become a quantum healer, I've remembered my dreams. And now I know if I'm going into these different worlds or if I'm doing energy work here in the astral plane mm-hmm. or whether I'm just working through and shifting energies or I've had past loved ones come to me and helping me with certain situations and I've had some prophetic dreams as well so it's just another gift that's been activated since becoming a quantum healer and they're absolutely fascinating my past life regressions they're all online they're not in person so I've never met these people before the night before a session I've had some instances where I've had a dream and for example in this dream I dreamt that I was swimming in the sea and I was with my friend and there was a shark circling us Mm -hmm. next minute I'm on the surface and he was taken he was chewed up by the shark and I remember laying there thinking oh thank goodness it wasn't me now I woke up the next day thinking that's not my energy I would never be thankful that someone else was killed and not me that's definitely not my energy that was a really really weird sort of vibe that I got from that dream a few hours later When I had my session with my client, lo and behold, he goes into that hypnosis and then he's taken to that scene where him and his friend are at sea and then his friend gets killed by the shark and he's next thing he's on the shore and he was dealing with emotions of guilt and shame because he was glad and thankful that it wasn't him that was taken. And in that moment, I was screaming in my mind because... Bear in mind, he's in regression. So I've got to like play it cool. I've got to like help guide him through the regression. But at the same time, I'm screaming like, oh my God, I see this myself. I know exactly what he's seeing. You know, that for me was incredible confirmation. So I've had things like that happen quite frequently. Equally though, on the other end, because I am psychic, I feel into people straight away. Oh no, if they're making it up. So When I move them from the past lives into the um, regression where they're channeling the highest version of themselves and that wisdom's coming through and speaking to them, usually when that energy is coming through, they can be quite sarcastic, quite blunt, straight to the point, Mm -hmm. and talking the third person as if they're talking about the person that's laying there. Well, when it's not that highest version of them channeling and it's just them thinking that they're channeling, I can tell the difference because they'll talk as if it's them talking. Their energy won't have changed. The language won't have changed. I can now pick up on subtle differences as to whether the person really is experiencing what they're telling me or whether it's a case of, okay, the ego is blocking them from being able to fully experience this. There are some souls that are fairly new and they are earthbound. They're not from other worlds, other dimensions, other universes. Every single soul that's born onto the earth, starseed or not, goes through that cycle where they're born, they've got the amnesia, they don't remember what it is that they're um that they're here for and then they go on this journey of learning all of these lessons, mastering these lessons and evolving their soul. 
in the 50s and 60s, there was a bit of a call out to the universe that Earth needed help. Humans began to regress quite significantly in that they were playing with nuclear weapons, nuclear bombs. But the thing is, it doesn't just affect Earth. It ripples out into the universe. Earth itself is a mother consciousness. That's where we get Mother Nature from. And Goddess Gaia is the goddess of the Earth. And so she sent out this call to all of these other different beings in the universe saying look we're in danger of regressing we need help the call was made and lots of these volunteers you know stood up and said okay I want to come in and help earth we can see that it's regressing we don't want it to regress we want it to evolve and so this is what we're going to do They were what we call the first wave of volunteers that were born in the late 60s and 70s. And these first wavers had it real hard because a lot of them weren't used to the denseness of Earth's energies. And so they originally came here to create new ways of doing things. But a lot of them couldn't cope with the dense energy and so exited quite early. So there were a lot of suicides. But what they did was make way for the second wave of volunteers. And that's, if I'm going to label myself, it'll be in the second wave. And they're the 80s and early 90s. And it's just their energy alone that will help heal people around them. Like little soldiers, they come in and work off the ground. That's why a lot of second wavers in particular are spread out. And it's very, very easy for a starseed to feel alone or isolated because they're drawn to areas that are quite sparse in the Mm -hmm. sense that there aren't many people that are of the same sort of beliefs or mindsets or energy. The third wave of volunteers have come in to try and do what the first waivers weren't able to. A lot of those are rebellions and freedom fighters and truth warriors, and they're here to really make that change. From there on, we've got the fourth waves, fifth waves, and now we've got six waivers that are coming into the earth. And the children that are being born today are, are really open and in tune. You know, a lot of them have already got memories still of other lifetimes. A lot of those children are getting labeled as ADHD, as autistic, and so forth, because their brains are working so fast and they've got so much that they know that they're here to do. From your understanding, then, An alien in Arcturus would die and its spirit would then choose to traverse space and time and take the form of a human here on Earth. Off-world, in my other lifetimes, when you die and you go into a new lifetime, so you, you are reincarnated outside of Earth as well, You remember your memories from the lifetime before so that you don't go through the same lessons that Earth has. As an example, I know that as a volunteer, I've come into the Earth with like an avatar, essentially. What I've done is I've left my physical alien body and I've been born into a human body outside of Earth all throughout the cosmos. You're constantly reincarnating, definitely. Are your different existences subject to time constraints? Because I was thinking about quantum physicists who've done experiments where they send beams of light through a device, and it seems as if future events can impact 
past events in terms of the light making its journey. Is it similar with this idea of reincarnation or do your lives happen chronologically? Quantum itself. So it's tapping into your past, present, future and parallel timelines. Time or how we see it is linear. We're like, okay, that was in the past. This is the present. That's the future. But outside of Earth, everything is happening simultaneously. When you go into a past life through regression and you look into that lifetime and you heal that lifetime and you see the lesson and how it's bled through and affecting you in the present, when you heal that lifetime, however it's been affecting you in the present will clear if that's in the highest timeline and what you're meant to be doing. Outside of Earth, as I said, nothing is the past present or future is all happening all at the same time every timeline every dimension it's all affecting you in the here and the now so what was your first incarnation for years I've always thought that my first incarnation was in the Lyra uh, constellation a planet that was blown by reptilians and then I fled and moved to Andromeda had many lifetimes there and then came into earth this planet in Lyra was billions of years old I'd done a soul realignment a couple of months ago and I'd realized that my very first incarnation was in Mintaka which is part of the Orion's belt that planet itself was only 12 million years old it blew my mind because I was like, well, hold on a minute. My soul is older than 12 million years. There's us in this human form trying to understand that time really does not exist outside of Earth. It's all happening simultaneously at the same time. And you can choose where you go, where your first incarnation is. You imagine yourself as source or, you know, the center of the universe. You are everything and everything in between. And then you can choose, okay, well, I'm going to incarnate into this and I'm going to learn this and then I'm going to move on to this and so forth. You mentioned different planets and I've watched a lot of shows on Discovery Channel, for example, where scientists have theorized what life might be like on a planet with extreme gravity, for example, where any life would be almost like a slug just sucked to the ground because of the gravity and just flat and kind of immobile. From your experience, these planets that you're talking about, are they, you know, wild and wonderful or are they similar to Earth? So Mintaka, for example, I was tuning into it a couple of years ago and then I tuned in a couple of months ago as well. And it was a water planet in the sense that the whole planet was submerged in water, but Mm -hmm. there were parts of the water that was only up to your ankles. So there was land, but it was just this crystal clear, high vibrational planet. There were no regressive beings or regressive energies there. It was a very sort of naive planet. I didn't see any when I was tuning in, but I believe that's where we get our folklore of mermaids from as well. When looking into Lyra, where I was a lion being, this was a very humanoid planet, very sort of normal Earth-like planet, high vibrational in the sense that there were lots of beings existing 
together in harmony. As an example, I was walking around on my two legs, but I had a lion's body. There were reptilians that eventually started to manipulate and take over the planet. A lot of the planets that I've seen to are very Earth-like, but with more, I'd say, light energy coming in at place. If you look at Lemuria and Atlantis prior to this civilization on Earth, was working with the elementals. There were lots of light energies. Many beings hadn't even incarnated into like this physical sort of 3D, 4D form. And they were working with crystals and they were traveling through portals and so forth. But then you had Atlantis, which were much more technological and they were mixing animals and humans together and then creating these weird looking creatures. And in all the planets that I've looked into, they've been very, very magical in the sense where there's lots of these incredible lights but they're very earth-like. Listening to you talk I'm thinking about you know how a cynic would approach this and if you were to say hey I had this previous life as an obscure goat herder from Niger lost to history hundreds of years ago people might say well you could just be making that up because there's no way to verify that he ever existed. Whereas on the other hand, if you say, hey, in a past life, I was Napoleon, anything you say, people can say, well, that's verifiable. So you could have got it from a history book. So it's basically something that's a belief. You can't prove or disprove. But to that point, though, in terms of historical periods, you mentioned to me before we talked that you had had some experiences in particular ancient cultures, including the Mayan culture and also a few in ancient Egypt. Can you talk me through those experiences? I was a real high up priest. I essentially done something. I'd worked with uh, the gods and this light, and I'd transported the Mayan civilization through a portal into the Pleiades. Well, on Earth, I thought I was responsible for the destruction of the Mayan civilization that I wiped them out. But in this lifetime, I hadn't been fully in my power or using my abilities because I subconsciously thought that it was bringing harm to people. My human self thought that I'd wiped them out. Well, I didn't. And the the Mayan people had reached this higher level of consciousness that we call it five density or 5D. Because we'd got to that level, we were then able to transport and move into the Pleiades, which is where their energies could continue to evolve. That, for me, was a really fascinating lifetime and a major orp moment as well. (laughs) I realised that I was responsible for the wipeout of the Mayans, but in a good way. In Egypt, I've had some not very nice lifetimes. I had one lifetime where I was a pharaoh's daughter and I was meant to marry the brother to carry on this Nefertiti lineage I found the whole idea quite sickening even at that time when it was normal for the brothers and sisters to marry and so I left the crown or the title and I fled from Giza down to Memphis and Mm -hmm. I was welcomed into the priestesshood of Isis and I became one of the sisters there I've actually written about this in my Instagram recently because I was Akhenaten's or one of Akhenaten's sons 
And I tried to escape. I didn't want to be part of this royal family. I didn't want nothing to do with it. I actually didn't like the energy of Akhenaten. And I know that he's praised in history, but really what he'd done was ban the acceptance of all these other gods. He believed in one God and one God only. So I was his son. I was bald. I was young, about 14, 15 years old. And I tried to escape by working as a slave. I had my hands and my ankles in shackles and I was just moving things around. And then all of a sudden, this like military man on his chariot spots me, finds me, unshackles me and takes me back to the palace. Next minute, I'm in this giant copper bathtub, not one of those tiles in the floor baths I was actually in a copper bathtub and I was being washed down and I don't know what happened after that but again that was to do with freedom and my me not feeling free in this lifetime and then I've had other lifetimes where I was wanting to be a priest I was poor I was of no importance or anything whatsoever no nobility And I was watching these priests clean these ornaments to worship the gods in certain temples. And at that time, it was forbidden to move any of these items or ornaments around. I had a gift where I could connect into the ornaments and they were screaming to move because they hadn't moved in so many years. I started to ignore these voices, but every time I walked inside these temples, it was so much noise. And so eventually I started to move the ornaments around and the energy became a lot softer. And then I was caught by one of the priests moving these items around. I had my tongue cut off and just completely sort of mutilated. I've had some not so glam lifetimes. times.